first one that uh, to, about I think 1:30. that D, E flat, G, F. But you're probably doing the... G. No, I'm actually doing D, E flat, G minor, and F. Yeah. So it's... Uh, Can you do it?
I cannot say it enough. Thank you, Lord. Testing, testing, testing. Would you stand with us? Good to be back in the house of the Lord on Sunday night. Be glad that the earth rejoice. The Lord reigns and the people we clap our hands. Angels shout, redeemed have come to dance. Celebrate, we'll celebrate that you reign. He reigns forever, amen. The Lord reigns, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. We will sing and shout that you reign. You reign, you reign forever. Can we sing it again? The Lord reigns, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. We will sing and shout that you reign, you reign, you reign forever, King of all. Yes, you do, Lord, forever, King of all. Let's sing that again. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Let the people shout. He reigns in righteousness. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. The Lord reigns. To the people, we clap our hands. Celebrate. 
to celebrate your reign. Can we celebrate tonight? The Lord reigns, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. We will sing and shout that you reign, you reign, you reign, forever King of all the Lord reigns. Hallelujah. Yes, you do, Lord. We will sing and shout. Forever King of all. Forever King of all. I love this part. Let all the people sing of your awesome power in all the earth. Let darkness tremble at your name. That's the word tonight we're singing. Why do the nations rage when the King is on His throne? Now and forever you will reign. Let's sing that again. Let all the people, let all the people sing of your awesome power in all the earth. Let darkness tremble at your name. Yes, they do. Why do the nations rage when the king is on his throne? Now and forever you will reign. Oh, can we sing it? The Lord reigns, the Lord reigns, the Lord reigns. We will sing and shout that you reign, you reign, you reign forever. serve a mighty God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could we have our ushers come tonight? Take up our tithes and offering. We're excited to have Brother Matt Cherry tonight. He's going to be bringing the word. The pastor's out of town. Brother Grady, would you pray for, over the Tyson offering, please? of you have the joy tonight? The joy of the Lord, I mean. Even when circumstances aren't going well, we can still have the joy 
because it's his strength that becomes our strength. Amen. Well, I get joy, joy, joy when I think about the Lord. When I'm standing in his presence, I say, give me more and more. It starts moving in my hands and goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Will I get joy, joy, joy when I think about the Lord? When I'm standing in his presence, I say, give me more and more. It starts moving in my hands and goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Oh, let's sing it again. Will I get joy, joy, joy when I think about the Lord? When I'm standing in his presence, I say, give me more and more. It starts moving in my hands and goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Hallelujah. There's just something about the Lord when it gets all over me. When I'm standing in his presence, well, I take my liberty. I know it may seem strange, but you just can't see. Because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. And I get joy, joy, joy when I think about the Lord. When I'm standing in his presence, I say, give me more and more. It starts moving in my hands. It goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Well, it feels just like a river. And it comes just like a flood. The peace that only comes from knowing God above. I'm redeemed by my Savior who shed his precious blood. And I get joy when I think about his love. Well, I get joy, joy, joy when I think about the Lord. Oh, come on, church. Oh, praise him tonight. He's worthy. Well, I get joy, joy, joy all over me. There you go. Well, I get joy, joy, joy when I think about the Lord. When I'm standing in his presence, I say, give me more and more. It starts moving in my hands and goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Hallelujah. Well, it feels just like a river and it comes just like a flood. Peace that only comes from knowing God above. Well, I'm redeemed by my Savior who shed his precious blood. And I get joy when I think about his love like a joy. Can you sing it? Nothing like his joy. Well, it starts moving in my hands. It goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. One more time. Well, I get joy. When I think about the Lord, I say, give me more and more. It starts moving in my hands and goes way down to my feet. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Yes, I get joy, joy, joy all over me. I get joy, joy, joy all over me. Hallelujah. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Amen. He's the only one that can give us the joy and the strength to keep moving on. Amen. Hallelujah.
love you, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. Yes, you are, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Can we sing that again? You give life. You give life. You are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, Lord, you restore every heart that is broken, great are you, Lord, so great are you, God. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. And we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. And we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in my lungs. We pour out our praise to you only, Lord. We sing that one more time. You give life. You are love. You bring life. To the darkness you give hope. You're the God of hope. Yes. Great are you, Lord. Great are you. Our hearts will cry 
these bones will sing great are you Lord can we cry out tonight to him all the earth will shout your praise hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you Lord do you believe that tonight all the earth will shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great are you We'll shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great are you Lord. Oh, let's sing it again, hallelujah. All the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great serve a mighty God. Hallelujah. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great 
sing tonight to you, Lord, all you've done for us, God. Lord, you brought me out of bondage into your marvelous light, God. Hallelujah. Just worship him tonight. Just lift your hands. Just worship him. Hallelujah. You are worthy, God. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can you just sing it tonight? The name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, holy and anointed one, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Savior, risen and exalted one, Jesus, your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to my soul. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Jesus, I love you. I love you. Hallelujah. Can you sing it tonight to him? Jesus. Jesus. 
Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Holy and anointed one, Jesus. 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 Healer. love him tonight. I love you. Oh, your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to my thirsty soul. Your word is a lamp to my feet. Jesus, I love you. sing it just one more time. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Think about what he's done for you tonight. Jesus. Holy and anointed one. Just one more time. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my Jesus. You save me, God. From an eternity in hell, Lord. Risen and exalted one. is good. Thank you, Lord. Just praise the Lord for a moment. Can you lift your hands to heaven tonight and just begin to give God glory and honor? Hallelujah. The exalted one, the risen Savior, Jesus. The Bible calls him the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My, isn't he wonderful? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, musicians.
Amen. What a great group of singers and musicians this church has. Amen. Give them a hand, would you? I tell you. <clears throat> you know, there are those who make a joyful noise, and then there are those who make a happy racket. Well, these are joyful noise. Amen. Uh, folks, we appreciate each of you being here this evening. Amen. I hope that you have made it your life's goal to not only make a difference in somebody else's life while you're here on planet earth, but that you make a difference for eternity's sake. Amen. Make it a point in your life not to leave heaven empty-handed. Amen. Praise the Lord. Don't leave heaven or don't leave earth empty-handed. Make sure you bring someone with you to glory land. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Brother Brandon. I appreciate, amen, your help tonight. Amen. There's not too many, amen, maybe I could say it this way. There's not very, very many that we would know of that can match this, this fella here. Amen. What a talent. Appreciate your talent. Appreciate your talent. Glory be to God. Well, I read somewhere where it was, where it was told that one in three people in the world is beautiful. Now, if you'll take a moment to look to your left and then look to your right and say to both of them, you're not it. That means you're the cat right there. You're the one. Praise the Lord. Beautiful in the house of the Lord. Amen. Those that love the Lord and are redeemed, the Scripture refers to them as beautiful, as beautiful people. And so I, I appreciate the goodness of the Lord uh, this evening. Amen. I, I want to draw your attention, if you have your Bible, and if I can get my Bible to, to, uh, to uh, coordinate with me this evening, um, I'm going to be looking at Job chapter 22. Amen. Job chapter 22 is where I want to draw your attention. Job chapter 22, I want to read uh, verses 1 to 10, and then we'll, we'll take our text from there. Amen. Appreciate my brother-in-law and sister being in service with us tonight. Amen. Appreciate each of you being here, and just trust that the Lord is going to help us. How many of you come to church expecting God to help you? Amen. I hope that that's what your intentions are, because God desires to meet us at his house. Praise the Lord. Job chapter 22, beginning at verse number 1, and follow with me, if you will, down to verse 10. We'll see what the word of the Lord has for us this evening. <clears throat> it says, Then Eliaphaz the Timonite answered and said, Can a man be profitable unto God, as he that is wise may be profitable unto himself? Is it any pleasure to the Almighty that thou art righteous? Or is it gain to him that thou makest thy ways perfect? Will he reprove thee for fear of thee? Will he enter with thee into judgment? Is not thy wickedness great and thine iniquities infinite? For thou hast taken a pledge from thy brother for naught and stripped the naked of their clothing. Thou hast not given water to the weary to drink. Thou hast withholden bread 
from the hungry. But as for the mighty man, he had the earth, and the honorable man dwelt in it. Thou hast sent widows away empty, and the arms of the fatherless have been broken. Therefore, snares are round about thee, and sudden fear troubleth thee. Look at that verse 10 with me one more time, if you will, tonight. This consoler to Job says this, Therefore, snares are round about thee, and sudden fear troubleth thee. Praise the Lord. Amen. With the Lord's help, I want to talk to you tonight from these verses. Amen. And just speak to us as a congregation. Young, middle-aged, old, male and female. All, the, all of the qualifications are present in this service tonight for the word of the Lord to speak to us. And I want God to help us this evening. Amen. Would you stretch your hands towards heaven tonight as we pray and ask God to help us as we open up his word. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you this evening, Lord, thankful that we can join together in, in um, this time of fellowship, Lord, around your word. Lord, we know that your word is profitable unto us for all aspects of our life, and we pray that you would speak to us tonight, Lord, that that we need. We certainly stand in need of you in this hour. For we are in a, a, a terrible hour as far as man is concerned. But Lord, you've got a plan in mind that you are taking care of your people in this hour. Touch us, Lord. Be with each one that's here. Those that are not able to be here, I pray that you would minister their lives. And Father, we'll be quick to thank you and praise you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. If you would, leave your Bibles open as we follow through or go through the book of Job. And I'm not going to go through the entire chapter that I, uh, that I read from. Uh, but I would just like to bring you up to speed with where that chapter uh, speaks to us about. What it's contained. We all know the story of Job. The man that God had uh, allowed sufferings to set in. Not, not to prove a point necessarily to Job, but to let the enemy of our souls know that God can put a power in you and I that will give us the ability to stand in the evil day. Amen? And if you know God's called you to stand in this evil day, wouldn't it be, uh, wouldn't it be very disturbing to us, amen, if God called us to follow after him, but he never gave us the power to live for him? But aren't you glad this evening he's given us power from on high? Praise the Lord. And so Job is, uh, is probably uh, uh, a little bit um, uh, maybe perplexed is the word that comes to mind when it looks, uh, when we look at all the things that's gone on in his life. In fact, if you read the early portions of the book of Job, you'll find uh, in one, in the very first chapter, it's like, he loses everything just uh, uh, successfully or consecutively. He's, uh, he's speaking to a, ser to a servant, and the servant comes and says, says there was a, a, a band of thieves that came and stole the oxen and the donkeys. And while he's speaking to him about that, another servant comes and says, this has happened. And then another servant comes and says, well, look, I've got something even worse than that. 
You ever had one of those days where it just doesn't seem like it can get any worse until the next phone call comes? Sometimes you feel like Job, don't you? We all have those kinds of experiences in life. Amen. In one day, in one day, think about it with me for just a moment. In one day, Job had to go pick out seven blue caskets and three pink caskets. Something no parent should ever have to deal with. Can't imagine in our minds what that feels like or what that could even, how that even registers. Yet as we read Job's uh, account and all that's going on in the life of Job, amen, in the, in the very first chapter, as all of this was going on, the Bible says that Job lifted up his hands and he said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord hath given, and the Lord hath taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Have you got to that place in your life, amen, where you have had to say, Lord, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't quite get my head wrapped around it, but I'm not going to lose out with you on a mystery, God. You are indeed Jehovah God. Can you say amen? We don't understand a lot of things about life. And so as the story began to progress, you know the story where Job's wife came and said, why don't you just curse God and die? And that began to play its way out. And then, then we have three friends who show up to begin to console with Job. They're three advisors. And if you'll read carefully, you'll find out that these guys really don't have the right words to say at the right time. How many of you know you can't get in trouble if you keep your mouth shut? How many of you know that? A fish ain't going to get caught if it keeps its mouth shut. I don't care if it's small or big. It ain't going to get hooked if it ain't got its mouth. Uh, if it's got its mouth open, it'll get hooked. If not, it'll be safe. Well, these guys seem to be that way. And for 14 plus chapters, they spend their time trying to, trying to tell Job why he's got all of these problems going on in his life. Amen. You got this problem in your life, Job, because you slipped out of the will of God here. You got this problem because you slipped out of the will of God there. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. I read it to you in the scripture tonight there in uh, chapter 22 where this one uh, Eliaphaz came to him and said, Hey, the problems that you're dealing with, you didn't, you didn't hand out goods to the poor. You found, you, there was somebody that was, uh, uh, that was thirsty and, 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 and hungry, and you, you shut up your, uh, your mercies and compassion to them. You didn't consider the widow. And Job is sitting there thinking, I, I don't know who you're talking about. That's not me. But yet these accusers, these so-called friends, are continuing to berate him with all of these things. And Job is there taking this, taking this abuse. And I'm sure he probably got to the place in his life where he thought, you know, is there any truth to this? Have you ever, you ever got that? You feel the enemy sometimes pounds your mind and try to accuse you. You know he is considered the accuser of the brethren, right? Amen. Now, if you'll look around you right there where you're at, you'll know those people really well. But I promise you the enemy of their soul knows them better than you know them. And he'll try to accuse you and them against one another sometimes amen well she don't love you she wouldn't have said that if she loved you 
Well, he doesn't mean, he doesn't care enough about you or he would have showed up at the right time. You know, that's the way the enemy does. He's, and and uh, Brother Armstrong mentioned it just the other day. He is the father of all lies. Amen. I've heard people tell me all the time, you know, the devil was talking to me. Why are you listening to him? He's lying. Right? What's that, uh, what's that little sign I saw somewhere? It said, how can you tell if a politician's lying? His lips are moving. I mean, you can apply that to a lot of things. But, uh, but nonetheless, how can you tell if the devil's lying? If he's speaking, he's lying. Oh, there'll be a portion of truth in there. But a portion of the truth is not the truth. Amen. And so when, when these friends uh, show up in, verse, in chapter 22, they begin to unload both barrels on Job. And they began to blame Job's condition and Job's situation on his own wickedness. Praise the Lord. They begin to make statements, amen, that are very, very uh, uh, harsh and critical and very ugly. But they do make a statement that I want us to take a look at tonight that I believe brings us, uh, uh, brings us some uh, concern. It brings us some hope. Amen. But it also uh, gives us an idea of how our enemy works. And one of those advisors told him, said, Job, you are surrounded by snares. You're surrounded by snares. Can I tell you tonight, church, they're all around us. What is snares? Who laid them out there? The enemy did. And there's, there's at least 67 times. I got 67 points tonight. So you're like, oh, man, I don't know who this guy is, but let's get him off the stage. No, I just have four quick points. And then we're going to let you go to Dairy Queen. 67 times in your Bible, the Bible speaks about snares, different types of snares. What is the snare? A snare is a trap. Amen. It's a trap. We know the enemy loves to set traps for lives. And a couple of those things that I'd like for you to, to consider with me. Well, a snare, a snare could be uh, likened to maybe, maybe your mind would help you, help you uh, see it a little better. It's like a hidden landmine. You know what a landmine is, right? Amen. It'll maim and it'll destroy. It'll tear up. Amen. When I, when I was in the, the Gulf War, we had, uh, I was given, part of my duty was to, be, was to work with a bomb squad to dismantle um, uh, explosive ordnance that did not detonate. It was there in the ground, ready to be detonated, but for some reason it did not detonate, so we had to go around and uh, uh, get rid of the uh, ordnance to dispose of it. Well, that became a very important task because so many young people, so many children were curious and they would grab those, uh, those bombs, those cluster bombs, whatever they were, and they would, they would act as though they were toys. They thought they were toys. And after several of the uh, young people were maimed and a few, were, few had actually lost their life, it became important for part of our mission to be to clear the unexploded ordnance that was laying all over the place. And I can tell you, the enemy's just like that. Amen. He'll throw out ordnance. He'll throw out landmines, traps, snares, if you will, in hopes that anybody will look at it and perhaps say, well, that's just a toy. I'm going to play with it for a little while. Don't play with the snare. Amen. Are you with me tonight? 
Look with me in your Bibles. I want to share your, I want to draw your attention. Uh, Proverbs chapter 29. There's several snares, but I've picked out four things that I want to look at tonight. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse number 25. If you have it in your Bible, notice what the, notice what the proverb writer writes here. He says, the fear of man, the fear of man bringeth a snare. The fear of man bringeth a snare. What is he speaking about here when he talks about the fear of man? When you're more concerned about people's opinion of you than you are of serving the Lord, that's a snare to your spiritual life. Amen? When you're more concerned what people are going to think about you. Well, I would, you know, I was talking to someone not too long ago, and they said, you know, I would love to raise my hands in church, but I'm a little embarrassed. Okay, I understand all of that to some degree. But why are you worried about people's opinion of you? Do you know what? Everybody is going to have an opinion of you, whether you like it or not. You're pretty, you're ugly, you smell good, you don't smell good, you're ugly, you're, you're tall, you're short, you, you've got too much hair, you've got not enough hair in the wrong place or in the right spot. I mean, they're going to make places, they're going to make uh, all kinds of assessments about you, and it just doesn't matter. Are we really that concerned about the way people think about us that we let it alter the way we live for the Lord? And I encourage you tonight, don't let the fear of man, don't let, don't let a reputation and, a, and, a, and, a, and an effort to be something that fits the mold of this world, don't let that become a snare for your life. Praise the Lord. The enemy would love, amen, for you to be ensnared to somebody else's opinion. Jesus said something to this effect in John chapter 15. He said this. He said, if, if this world loves you, it's because you hate me. Think about that. Think about that with me tonight. If this world is in love with you, it's because you have fallen out of love with Jesus. And boy, that's a tough place to find yourself. That's a bad place to find yourself. Amen. What I can encourage you tonight to do is to divorce yourself from the opinion of the public poll. Don't worry what people think about you. I'm not saying go around and just being rude about life. That's not what the Scripture teaches. <clears throat> the Scripture teaches to prefer, uh, 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 preference to our brothers. It speaks about honor to our brothers and sisters and things of that nature. We understand that. But if you, have, if you feel like that you're under the pressure, maybe it's on the job in the schoolhouse or wherever, if you have pressure and feel that pressure to conform and live your life to the opinion and the ways of other people, I promise you, nine times out of ten, they do not have your best interests at heart. Amen. Young people, it's great to have friends. Make sure those friends are a friend of the Lord and encourage them in their walk with the Lord. Be an encouragement to them. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let them see Jesus living in you. Young people, peer pressure is a hard thing. Now think about it with me like this. If you have, if you're feeling the weight of peer pressure while you're living at home, while you're living under the, under the care and the custody of your parents, while there's a Bible that you can grab from any bookshelf in the house, while you feel, while, while you have that opportunity, you feel that peer pressure, think about what it would be like if you said, you know what, I'm going to go out on my own and do my own thing. I can't wait to get out from underneath the care of my parents. Think about the pressure then. Amen. And we only say those things in an hour that we're in 
because as, as parents, we can understand and relate to the fact that the Scripture says the enemy's out to steal, kill, and to destroy, and it's easy for us to see who he is. Amen. So take that advice and listen to those that have, that have uh, well, the Bible says it like this, pray for them, pray for them who watch for your souls. Pray for them. Yeah, my mom and dad, they just don't care about nothing about me. All they want to do is tell me no. Pray for them who watch for your souls. Young people, when's the last time you prayed for mom and dad? When's the last time you asked God to really direct their hearts towards him? Think about that. Husbands, pray for your wives. Wives, pray for your husbands. Church, pray for the pastor. You know he prays for you. Amen. Pray, pray one for another. How many of you recognize today we need one another? How many of you know that? Amen. We are not an island unto ourselves. We need one another. And we can encourage one another in the faith. And that's what we're called to do. Yes, what these gentlemen said to Job was true. He can take it and apply it to his heart. Hey, Job, there's snares all around you. But he's not falling into that snare. Uh, he's not falling into the snare from their angle because he's not guilty of what they're asking of him or speaking to him about. There's also the snare. The Scripture speaks to us about the snare and I just titled it this way, The Snare of Recreation. We have the snare of reputation. Here's the snare of recreation. Mark chapter number 6, Jesus encouraged his disciples. He said, I want you guys to recognize that you need to come apart. In fact, he told them, he said, come apart and pray with me to the mountain. Read it in, read it in Mark chapter 6. He recognized the importance of, of, of being refreshed, of having a time of refreshing. There's nothing wrong with recreation, per se. There's nothing wrong with having a time apart. In fact, somebody said it like this, you need to come apart before you come apart. You follow what I'm saying? But in the world that we're living in today, it seems as though sports and those kinds of things is the idol and the pinnacle for what we all strive for. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I love sports. I love things to do with sports. I'm a big baseball, not, not major league necessarily. I love little league baseball. I, I lo I lo where's, where's Preston at? Is he, is he asleep? Oh, there he is. Hey, you got that ring? Not right now. Oh, man. Man, I come pulling into the driveway today, and he comes, man, bling all across the parking lot. That thing was, how many of you seen that ring? I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. The, 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 the heavyweight boxer of the world didn't get a ring that big. He's got a ring. You know, he's a, he's a baseball champion, one in baseball. I love baseball. I love you. I love little league baseball, youth baseball, youth basketball, things. I love, I'm a, I'm a competitive person. I don't cheat, but I get close to it because I don't want to lose. <laughs> I don't cheat. But I love, base, I love, I love sports. I love, I love engaging in those kinds of things. I like to, I like to fish. I, like to, I, don't, I don't necessarily hunt, but I like to go out to the woods. My daughter's a hunter. She loves to hunt, and, you know, she's a deer slayer of sorts. And I like to go out and just enjoy myself. But that is not my life. Can I, give you, can I let you in on a little secret? That's not your life either. 
Well, you can't say that about me. I'm just giving it to you as a word of caution. There are snares of recreation. When I, came to, when I was coming to church this morning, I was passing people pulling boats going the other way. I'm not speaking against any of that. I'm just talking about discipline, and I'm talking about dedication. Amen. You do realize this world places a high priority on you having it your way, doing it your way. I want it my way. If it feels good, I want to do it. Be careful. Recreation is a thing that can get between you and the Lord. Even though I love playing sports and you, you love playing sports and you love this and, and you love that. Listen, if you know all of, all of the statistics of every sporter, every sporting event there is and every player, if you know how much they make, who, uh, what shoe they wear, what size it is, if you know all of those statistics but you have trouble finding Genesis in your Bible, I say there's a problem. And I encourage you to watch out for the snare, the snare of recreation. Amen. I, uh, I've got friends of mine. What constitutes a champion or a professional fisherman, I'm not sure, but they call themselves professional fishermen. I guess that just means they pay a lot of money to do nothing. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe somebody can explain that to me. But it seems to me that they're always paying out, but they're never getting paid back. That's almost, uh, it's kind of like the gambling thing, isn't it? Yeah. Watch out what kind of, but, but you know, they, they, they never have, they've called and talked to me over the years. Hey, pray for my son. Man, he's wayward. Well, let's bring him to church. Well, I got a fishing tournament this weekend. I see what's important. I see what's important. God sees what's important. Not speaking ill against anything except priority. How many of you understand about priority? Jesus, he said, he said it's something to this effect. He said, if you don't love me more than mother and father and anything else, you can't have no part of me. He even went so far as to put it into a little bit more aggressive terms than that. He said, if you don't hate mother and father, you can't have any part of me. Whoa, wait a minute. That's pretty, that's pretty intense. He's not referring to the kind of hate that you're thinking. He's talking about putting priority on him first above anything else. Praise the Lord. So watch out for the snare of recreation. Make sure that everything that you have mindful, you have a mind to do includes serving the Lord and serving Him the way that He honor, that he, uh, uh, he encourages us in His Word. Here's another snare I'd like to look at. First, uh, First Timothy chapter six, uh, verses nine and ten. Uh, Paul writes something to Timothy here that I'd like to bring to your attention, and it's referring to uh, it's referring to something that, for the most part. Maybe we don't have a problem with it, but it still is a problem. And look at what Paul wrote here in uh, chapter 6, 1 Timothy 6, verses 9 and 10. He said, they that be rich, look at it, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil you see that for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and have pierced themselves through 
with many sorrows. I don't think that I'm speaking out of turn whenever I, I suggest to you that there are pulpit charlatans in the world we live in today. And they are not confined to the big cities that's got the masses of people that can easily be duped. They're right here in small town USA. They really are. I'll give you a classic example or a personal example. I was, I was called to, to uh, meet a customer here in, um, in Marysville. And as I began to uh, interact and speak with her, it, it became apparent that she has some connection to religion. And so I asked her, I said, are you a Christian? Sure I am. I love the Lord. God's done great things for me and went on and told me the story of her life and what was going on with her life. And she said, you need to come be in church with us. Okay. Where do you go to church? She told me I didn't know it. Where's it at? She, she spoke about it. I, I still did not know about it. I said, but what's so special about your church? Give me the reason why you should come, why I should come. We've got a guy coming, and man, when he prays with you, God fills your teeth with gold. I said, really? You think he'll fill my pockets? I mean, I like my teeth the way they are. Put it in my pocket. And then she began to tell me, she said, she said, I'm, I'm telling you, gold dust, we, we sweep up gold dust every night after service. And, and, and he will even pray with you before service. Before service, if you want to come get in line, he'll pray for you. Now, now he's got somebody that takes your, your credit card or your debit card, and for $1,000, I'm like, yeah, sign me up 10 times. Obviously, you know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not being honest there, right? I mean, I'm scratching my head wondering, how does, where does that come from? How, how in the world can a church fall into that? Somebody fell into a snare. The snare of what? The snare of riches. It's not wrong to have money, but it's wrong for money to have you. And maybe you're with me. And let me just throw this out there so that you understand my mindset and the way that I think. I think it's a blessing if God blesses you with finances so that he can use your finances to further the kingdom of God's work. Amen? There's people in this world that need the gospel that will not hear it unless you and I support those who go. Support those who will speak the truth on foreign soil. You might not ever go to Africa, Mexico, or any other part of the world, but if you can help somebody get there that has the word of truth and can share with a darkened soul and a darkened culture, why wouldn't you do that? Well, guess what? It takes finances to do that. And if you're one of those people who say, God, if you'll bless me with it, I'll, I'll be a, a conduit by which it'll continue on, God will bring it to you because he can get it through you. But if you're sitting there like Daddy Warbucks and you're trying to put everything in your, in your pocket to keep it for yourself, I, I'm afraid 
the snare has already latched hold of your life. Look, look, those that seek after riches, they open themselves, the scripture says, to temptations and to snares. Praise the Lord. And you don't have to, look, you don't have to have money to be controlled by money. Have you thought about that? Somebody told me, that's all rich people ever think about is money. I've never seen, at least to me, I've never seen somebody quote-unquote rich on the, on the corner of the street holding up a sign saying, we'll work for food. That, that's not, to me, that's not a rich person doing that. I'm making a point. The point is, the poor always think about money. It's not about whether you have money if you always think about it or whatever. It's about where is your priority in life? Where's your priority in life? Well, I've got to get a second job because I've got to get another this and another that. Have we become ensnared by the things that this world says we have to have in order to be successful? Listen, don't sell out. Don't sell your soul out for a minimum wage job. You know why? Because before, it's too, before too long, inflation's going to set in. And the minimum wage ain't going to take care of you. Praise the Lord. Don't sell God out for a minimum wage job. Well, I just need another. I, ju I, just, I just need this more. If I work this, further, this much longer, I can get this and I can get that. Look, don't cheapen God. I'm going to show you a scripture in here that's going to make a lot of sense to you if you'll follow it, if you'll listen to it real closely. How many of you remember the story in Joshua chapter 7? The Lord comes to Joshua and he says, you go up to Ai and you take the whole city, but when you go in, you utterly destroy everything. Fair enough. Get some guys together. They go and scout it out. They said, you know, Joshua, it's not going to take us, it's not going to take everybody to get this uh, accomplished. Uh, give, us, give us a few thousand folks, we'll go take care of it, and we'll, we'll call you when everything's mopped up and done. Very good. Wasn't long before they came back whipped. They were whipped. And Joshua began to cry out to the Lord, Lord, what's, what's going to happen? I mean, the nations are going to look at us as a, as a defeated foe, and they're going to they're consider you to be a, a God of untruth. And what am I going to say? How can I? What, what's, what's the answer to this? Why did, we, why did we get defeated like this? He said, because somewhere somebody didn't do what I asked them to do. And, I want you, and I'm going to give you a... a, 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 a process by which we're going to identify them. And you know the story. The story was Achan had taken, whenever they went into the city, he saw all kinds of things. You know what Achan did? He said, man, that's a nice suit. Give me that suit. So he took a suit, he took a bucket of silver, and he took some wedges of gold, and he hid them underneath the floor in his tent. I mean, you remember reading that scripture. I got to get it while I can. It's here. Right now must be the right time. Let me get it. And so he's, he's there hiding it. The, 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 uh, the armies of Israel get defeated. Joshua's cried out to the Lord. The Lord says there's something, somebody's done something they shouldn't have. And here we're going to identify him. And it comes out that he did. And he confessed, hey, I did it. What'd they do? Destroyed him and his family, all of his possessions, livestock, Everything. Everything. That desire for riches became a snare unto him, and it cost him his life. But watch this. I'm going to show you something. 
So they backed up. They licked their wounds. They prayed. They repented. Joshua got everything right before the Lord. And you know what? If you go to chapter number 8, read chapter number 8 of Joshua and see what the Lord told Joshua the very next day. He said, now, tomorrow, go to Ai. Work to defeat the city. And you can have whatever spoils you want. Wow. If he could have waited, if Achan could have waited one more chapter in his life, he could have had more than he ever would have ever dreamed of, and he wouldn't have had to hide it. Think about that. He could have had, he could have had tentfuls truckload fulls of whatever it is that he saw. God said, when you go in, get all that you want. Get all the spoils that you can handle. He didn't even put a limit on it. But he, didn't, he couldn't wait one more chapter in his life. Anybody here tonight ever had the opinion of your own self? Boy, I wish I would have waited for this, or I wish I would have waited for that. You know, hindsight being twenty twenty. See, there are some places in our life that if we can wait one more chapter to unfold, the things that we feel like we need right now will be much sweeter when they're given to us the next chapter. Amen? Much sweeter. You know, when it's all said and done, we're really left with nothing, right? We're going to go back. We came from the dust, and we're going to return back into the dust. You can look at your neighbor right there and say, hey, you're a dirt bag. That's what we are. We're just a bunch of dirt bags. Nothing really special about us other than the fact that we're made in his image, that we're his children, and that he's called us for such a time as this. And if we can learn the principle of waiting on the Lord, doing what God said to do with what he's given unto you, now, here's something that's not popular to preach today, but it's worth preaching, and that is the issues of tithe and offering. How many of you understand that tithe is the Lord's? I used to teach in school, and I was talking to my sister the other day, and when I was teaching in Christian school, this little boy, he was five years old, we was, we was, we was um, uh, teaching about, about tithing. And so I gave him a little pop quiz. I said, Andrew, what is tithing? He looked at me and said, yeah. I said, how much is tithe? He looked at me and said, uh, it's 50%. I said, that's exactly right. Don't let nobody tell you any different. <laughs> but the tithe belongs to the Lord. It's not ours. We're giving it to him because he has blessed us with whatever it is that we have. The offering belongs to the Lord as well. How many of you realize that? Well, how much is the offering? Whatever God lays on your heart. He's not going to give you a specific amount. But I promise you this, he'll never ask you to give anything that you're not able to give. And he'll never let you go without when you give. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not the person who gives a dime to everybody who says they need one. I'm not that guy. Nor am I the guy that says, you know what, nobody needs anything. They're just a bunch of bums. No, I know people have needs. You know they have needs. And when God lays that on your heart... When you give, the Bible says it's going to be given back unto you good measures. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
How many of you understand God knows what you need and he'll give you the runover? The overflow. He'll cause it to flow over and over and over. So we've talked, we've talked about the snare of reputation, recreation, and riches. Here's another snare real quick and then we're going to close. 1 Samuel chapter 18. Check this one out. Well, when I read this in the scripture, it really, uh, it, it really struck me as odd. I, and I understand uh, the dynamics of where it's coming from. 1 Samuel chapter 18 and verse number 21. Verse number 21, the Bible says this. Look at it. Look at it with me. I'm having to use the overhead here for just a, just a moment. Saul commanded his... <clears throat> there, we, there we go. And, and Saul said, he's talking about his daughter here. I will give him, David, I will give him her. I'm going to give her to David. David beat Goliath. My first daughter, David didn't think that was a worthy enough or didn't think that that was an appropriate um, scenario, so he declined that offer. But later, Saul came to David and said, you know what, I want you to have my daughter as your wife. Michelle was her name. But behind the scenes, Saul said this, I'm going to give her to him, that she may be a snare to him. Oh, wow. Yikes. Man, father-in-law setting him up for failure? future father-in-law just setting his son-in-law up to, to, to fall under that trap? Why would anybody do that? Of course, there's a lot that goes on with uh, what's happening here. Uh, Saul was in this place now where he hated David. He hated the fact that people sang out the praises of David. David has killed his, uh, Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his ten thousands. I mean, they are, they're just beside themselves about this. He is. He just cannot wrap his head around why does this guy get the credit? And so he's setting him up for failure. And the scripture even shows how that as that marriage began to progress, that she became a snare unto him. How many of you remember the time where they brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel and David was so excited that, that, that uh, the presence of God was coming back to Israel that he took off the robe, his royal robe, and began to worship the Lord and he began to give glory and praise to God. And the Bible says that his wife, this one right here, the one that was a snare unto him, looked out the window, looked down at him in disgust and said, you have utterly made a fool of yourself. She despised him in her heart. Husbands, wives, if your spouse is in service, worshiping the Lord, get right along with them. You got a friend in the service, uh, you got a friend in service with you, they don't have anybody with them, worship the Lord with them. We come around the altars to pray, spend time helping each other out. Don't despise somebody because they, they worship God. What did that cause her? What effect did that have on her life? The Bible says that from that day forward, God says you'll never have a child. You'll be childless. Boy, isn't that something? Isn't that something? Think about the snare of relationships. Young people, there'll be a time where that opposite sex is going to attract you. And yes, I said opposite sex. There's a good place to say amen right there. 
<laughs> it's a good thing when a, when a young man captures the heart of a young woman, a young woman captures the heart of a young man, vice versa. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But there's some, there's some challenges to that. Again, I've taught school for many years, and I used to watch these young people grow up, and, and even as, when I was a youth pastor at times, I watched young people grow up, and I mean, when they get to that age, you know, where, where the opposite sex attraction is really, you know, just, uh, just starting to take hold on them, it doesn't matter. I mean, this guy could be, could be as ugly as, as homemade soap, and gee, that's the finest thing in the world, you know, just because it's that... That shift in life. But don't let that relationship become a snare to you. What am I talking about? I'm talking about finding the will of God and let God find who you need. Amen. Let God find out who you need. Because I can promise you this. Me, you, and anybody else, we can make a mess of things. Amen. We can make a mess of things. But when God puts, puts that person on your heart and says, you know, I've got somebody special for you. I want you to be praying about this. And when you begin to, when you find that individual, young people, those that are not married, whatever, when you find that individual in, in the presence of God, in prayer around an altar, that's something to admire. That's something to admire. Amen. There's a lot of, there's a lot at stake when it comes to snares and traps, there's a lot at stake. I can tell you this. When I look at what David dealt with in the life of his wife, with Michal here, I don't know that David understood how all... David was not privy to the fact that Saul was saying, hey, I'm going to use my daughter to trip him up. David had a lot of heartache that went on along with that choice. I don't know if there would have been any, any other choice that David could have made at that moment. But the fact of the matter remains that that relationship right there cost him a lot of trouble. Young people, singles tonight, let me encourage you to stay away from trouble. Let me encourage you to stay out of trouble with respect to relationships. Well, how do I do that? Amen. Here's the way I heard somebody say it this way. You find somebody who's running with Jesus, and you make sure they can outrun you. And if they can outrun you, you look to them. Now, that makes pretty good sense. If they're running with Jesus and they can outrun you, they're closer to him than anybody you've ever known, that might, I, might, I, might, I might stop later on in life and ask for their number. Maybe that's the opinion you need to have. But don't get trapped by the snare. And I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to leave you trapped. Psalms 124 and 7, the psalmist writes this. He said, the snare is broken. The snare is broken. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad tonight God does not leave us trapped? Brother Brandon, would you come help us tonight? God does not leave us trapped. He's not going to trap you. He's not going to, he's not going to hurt you. He's not going to deprive you. In fact, the scripture says... You're the apple of his eye. How many of you ever read that in the scripture? You are the apple of his eye. He cares. He cares intimately about you. So much so that he willingly 
laid his life down for you so that you could be a success in living for him on planet earth. How many of you know, there's an old book, I think Hal Lindsey wrote the book, Satan is Alive and Well on Planet Earth. You've, you've, you've read, read that book, seen it? So is God. And so is God's church. And you know what it is? It's a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish. It's a victorious church. It's an overcoming church. It's a church that knows that it has an enemy, but knows that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Can you say amen to that? It's a victorious, blood-bought, spirit-filled, heaven-bound church that Jesus said, I'm coming after. I'm coming after that church. Stand with me, if you will, tonight for just a, for just a moment. I want to just encourage you. Here in the next few moments, we're going to come into the altars and we're going to pray. But I want to encourage you, take the time, take the time in your life, these next few days, to consider what's been spoken to your heart all day long today. Pastor did a great job this morning warning us. Bible says that the, the word of the Lord is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, for doctrine. Sometimes we feel like that we get hit all over the place. Maybe there's, a, maybe there's a, a quickening of the spirit to the pulpit ministry telling you, hey, be careful where you're walking. Watch what's around you. Be cautious. Be sober. Be vigilant. It's important that we have that mindset today. Amen? And I promise you, if your mindset is, Lord, you lead me today, he'll lead you. He'll lead you beside still waters. He'll lead you in all the ways that glorify his name. Lift your hands up to him, if you will, for just a few moments, and let's just give him praise, can we? Father, we love you tonight. We're grateful to you for your blessing. We're thankful to you tonight, Lord, that you have promised that whosoever comes unto me, I will in no wise cast out, casting all of your cares upon him because he cares for you. Lord, you have showed us in scriptures those snares that the enemy has laid for us, but tonight we ask for strength, we ask for knowledge, wisdom, discernment, we ask for vision to be able to see what it is the enemy has laid before us as a trap. And Lord, by the, by the power of your spirit and by the wisdom of your word, we'll walk worthy of your name, avoiding those traps because the snare has been broken. God, give us victory in our lives. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Hallelujah. Won't you come join us in the front here this evening? We're going to pray. Amen. We're going to take some needs to the Lord and believe God to help in situations that pertain to your life. Amen. Maybe somebody that you know, maybe a, maybe a need that you have personally. And uh, we want to pray about those needs tonight. Amen. We're going to do that as we gather together. Come on in. Come on. Amen. I appreciate a, a church that prays together. Don't despise that. I'm not saying you do, but don't, don't take it as a light thing. That's a very powerful thing. Amen. Two or three will gather together in my name. He'll be right there in the midst. It's not just worship, that's in praying as well. That's in praying as well. 
What, what needs do we have tonight? Somebody's got a special request. Yes, brother. All right. Let's, let's believe God to touch Brother Jason. All right. Amen. Let's pray for this friend. Amen. Pray for this young man. All right. Some family members who need salvation. You know what? God can save. He saved you. He'll save them. Let's pray for Benjamin tonight. Amen. Thank you for mentioning, mentioning him as well. He'll be going to some other specialists this week. Amen. To start some, uh, some treatments. And so let's, let's believe God. Believe God. Yes. All right. Going to believe God to touch her tonight. Going to believe God to touch her. Praise the Lord. You know, God's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Amen. He enters, that means he enters into, in, in, in agreement with you, that he's going to take care of it. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together for these. And if somebody's around you that has asked for prayer, reach over and help them pray with it. Touch, touch them. Agree with them that God's going to minister to them. And let's see what God does. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord Jesus, for every, every individual that's here that has a special need in their body. Lord, there's not one cry that escapes your attention, Lord. Your ear is open under the cries of your church. Father, I pray right now that you begin to move and minister. Lord, touch my, uh, touch my brother, Lord, and my sister today. Lord, touch him in his ankle. Touch her and her back, Lord. And I pray that you would bring a healing to them that only you can bring. Touch, touch, Lord, Brother Jason's mom tonight. Lord, that you would bring healing to her lungs. Lord, that you would minister to him. Touch Luke's family that needs salvation. Lord, and this friend that has walked away from you, God, I pray that you would arrest that heart and that you would bring that soul captive, Lord, to you. And you would speak to that individual, Lord. I pray, God, that you would minister to this young lady. God, bless in her body. Lord, she needs a touch from you that only can come from heaven. And I believe, God, that you're, you're, uh, you're God enough to make everything be all right that you're able to heal to the uttermost. You're able to uh, set free. You're able to give victory, power, and deliverance, Lord. Nothing is impossible with you tonight. And so, Lord Jesus, we just stand upon, Lord, the promises of your word. We stand tonight in agreement upon what was done at Calvary. The prophet Isaiah said, Surely you have borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Lord. But we esteemed you stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. You were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace is upon you. And, Lord, with your stripes we've been healed. Lord, we just declare it tonight that you're going to bring healing, touching Benjamin's body tonight. Lord, I pray that you would bring a supernatural healing. We just curse this cancer in the name of Jesus, and we declare, Lord, that your power and your anointing, Lord Jesus, would be resident and minister in his body and his, his life. Lord, we just thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to continue to do it. Oh, Lord, we're not aliens to your goodness. We're not aliens to your grace. We've been heirs with you, Lord. We've received time and again your blessing. Lord, we stand tonight expecting you to do it. One more time. One more time. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we're going to see you do it. We're going to testify to this world that you do great things. You do great things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Any other needs? 
Anybody else have any other needs in this building tonight? Praise the Lord. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry? Your whole body. You need, you need to touch it. Wait till you get older, buddy. Wait till you get older. <laughs> Amen. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. And I tell you what, we're going to pray for him, and then we're going to dismiss it here in just a moment. But I want you to pray with the person closest to you. I think there's power in connection. I really do. Uh, you know, not no weird power, but just agreement. There's power in agreement. Agree with somebody. And that person that you're agreeing with, I want you to center your prayers on them. God, you touch them, bless them, whatever. And watch what God's going to do in their life. Take the burden of their life on your shoulders this week. See what God does. Father, touch tonight. One more time, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. God, there's not one person in this place tonight, Lord, who is without. Lord, your touch, your, 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 your needs. And I pray, God, that you would minister and bless in each and every heart tonight, Father. Your grace is sufficient. Your power is resident. You said that you would send the comforter and that he would, he would touch us and guide us and direct us. Lord, we look tonight. Lord, touch my brother. Touch my sister. Lord, we stand in need of you in this wicked and dark world. We just believe that it is going to be as you've declared it to be. We thank you for it, Lord. We declare it in Jesus' lovely name. In Jesus' lovely name. Praise the Lord. You can identify that somebody that you know might not have been here tonight. Pray for them this week. Would you do that? Pray for them. Give them a call. Encourage them. Say, hey, we missed you at church. We'll see you. I'll pick you up if you need a ride. And see what God does in their life. God bless you. Shake hands. Be friendly.